I would first like to thank Pastor Allen for gifting me the book. And I would like to applaud Mr. Dan Scott because the book is actually like really good. Admittedly, at first, I was slightly intimidated when I received the book. I was unsure if I was going to be able to comprehend the verbiage, much less the concepts and topics that were discussed. So when I was given this book, I felt like I was taken to the deep end of the pool. However, all I needed was a little confidence to actually jump in. Fortunately enough, there was an urge that I encountered that I never felt before when presented with a book. It was not only an urge to read the book, but to fully understand what it had to say. Today, I will try my absolute hardest not to come up here and give you a watered-down summary of the book and just send you on your way. Because I feel like you will obtain a better grasp if you heard it from Mr. Scott than you would myself. However, we will be touching on the same topics that he discusses because I believe they too are too important to ignore. As one could probably infer based on the title of the book, Dan Scott writes about how Christians should undertake a contemporary postmodernist society that is centered around artificial intelligence. First, we should identify the key terms that are often used in this book. Number one is contemporary, which means belonging to or occurring in the present. Postmodernism means that we don't know anything for sure, so there is no way of determining what truth is, much less what is true or right. Ephemeralization is the separation of the function from the object. So, like the smartphone that I'm using right now, it used to be a landline telephone that you would, you know, ring around. Now, it's this thing that I'm currently reading off of. Logos is the pattern information that reflects God's character and intention. It's also known as the blueprint God had for creation. And finally, conscious, a judgment of reality through reason. So, just like you and I go through our everyday lives, that's our conscience. Now that we have established those terms, we must introduce ourselves to the problem at hand. Today's Christians are intimidated by rapid technological advancements that are mostly centered around AI. Scott says this is the case because we fear our faith is not adequate enough to face these challenges. In truth, Christianity has been interacting with the world and its cultures for all of history. Though the Bible's teachings may stay the same, word for word, different meanings and implications arise to conditions and challenges over time. So, as scripture would apply, scripture would apply differently from, let's say, the 1950s than it would in today's age. In pre-modern times, people thought of reality as an interconnected, synergistic web. God was in control, so everything works as it was supposed to. No one really thought about you know, like what the meaning of life is, how no one can like figure out what that means. No one was thinking those deep questions. Later in the modern era, Europeans thought of reality as more of a machine that focused on each individual component, or how Scott puts it, a system, a sum of its parts. Traditional beliefs and practices were continually changed. In Scott's words, the more we learn, the less it matters. This brings us to postmodernism, the era in which we are currently living in. In Scott's eyes, postmodernism brings opportunities, thus prompting engagement as the correct response. We should be using new technologies as tools for our vocations and to improve our faith. How does one do that, you may ask? And the answer I can give you can be found on your phone's app store. You may know the Bible app, which is essentially the Bible, but on your phone as many resources that you can use in order to keep God in your day-to-day -day life. 
Keeping God in your day-to-day life is my next point. When I need time to kill time, I like to go on social media. Of course, spending too much time on social media or any object or substance can be unhealthy. But while I'm scrolling, I make sure my algorithm has at least some Christian content or content that has Christian messages. That is because I believe that God should be in everything I do or anything that I intake. When you get too deep in secular media and in a much more broad sense, society, it is so easy to lose sight of God in it all. It is important for us as Christians to attain a Christian worldview and not to adapt a secular worldview. A worldview is how one perceives reality. Because when you lose sight of God, secularism gains sight of you. Maybe for people of past generations, this is not difficult. But this statement is invaluable for the younger generations, even though admittedly it feels weird that I'm saying younger generations when I'm 15 years old. Younger generations, generally speaking, are dangerously drifting farther and farther away from God. And unfortunately, it seems as if that linear regression might continue. From someone on the front lines of the spiritual warfare, it is easy for one to be persuaded into sin now more than ever. I'll try not to get off topic, but you get the picture. Maintaining a Christian worldview is imperative to surviving the postmodernism era because Christianity is a philosophical school that trains us how to relate and respond to reality. However, it is also easy to adapt a wrong worldview. We must step back and assess what it means to be a Christian. I want to emphasize that because, frankly, I suck at being a Christian. We all aren't the best, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's like wearing a wrong prescription for your glasses if we attain the wrong worldview. We will always have questions about reality, especially now. But the human race has had questions about reality as well in past times. The human race was designed to discover the cosmos and everything and every creation. In the famous Pokemon game, Pokemon Red slash Green, that infatuated kids in the 90s and early 2000s, you are set as the protagonist Red, and your main objective is to discover the region while completing other quests and objectives. However, there are characters called NPCs, which stand for non-playable characters. Those characters are programmed to be in a specific position for the entirety of the game. They do not explore the region with the protagonist. Rather, they are portrayed as being content with being in that set position for ostensibly all of eternity. It is so easy to become a passive inhabitant of creation when we start living for the world and not according to our faith. If we are persistent in being caught up in the things that matter a little, the distractions, if you will, we will be set in that position for all of eternity. The world's historically greatest philosophers answered the questions that were raised. Those reflections of Logos are viable answers to scientific questions and philosophical advances. We may not be as smart as Plato or Aristotle, but what we can do is reflect on how the Christian faith became what it is today. This hyper-focused approach can unify us together under one faith. If we focus on the faith, rather than what political party our faith is associated with, people will begin to observe and some may follow. In March, my family and I went to the theaters to watch a movie called The Jesus Revolution. In the movie, Chuck Smith, who is a hard-nosed Republican, put aside his stubborn political views and welcomed hippies into his church. This caused Christianity to boom, so much it received national attention. Greg Laurie, 
after struggling with drugs and psychedelics, finds Chuck's church and converts to Christianity. His journey from a troubling spiritual experience that led to such a strong faith that he became a pastor. The point I'm trying to make is that if we start living by our faith, people will observe and follow. Now we're going to talk about what those Christian values are. More specifically, which ones are most applicable to our contemporary society. For one, we must confront and overcome our biases when attempting to obtain objective truth. For sanctification is a liberation of delusion and a commitment to the truth. This is particularly important because our contemporary culture has passionately embraced the irrational. However, it is easy to innocently misuse and mistaken it for unwarranted suspicion. That, on top of the fact that our culture embraces the sovereignty of a person's individual belief and perceptions, the truth becomes even harder to obtain. So much so that this culture is choosing foolishness over wisdom. They are purposely doing this for money, social media clicks, likes, and social perception. Secondly, we absolutely must stay humble. Scott says humility is the essential ground of learning. Humility requires the understanding that you're not always right. Christian humility, to Mr. Scott, is not a self-humiliation, but rather a hospitable, humble, and wise life of discernment. This also requires that we understand our place in the universe, which leads me to our last value that I will list, justice. To open this, I want to quote Mr. Scott. Justice is a quality that God embodies and toward which God points us. God models justice. God is justice. Justice is probably the most important virtue. It encompasses the Christian faith. Everything we should be doing is influenced by justice. Christians should be examples of how structures of accountability actually work in the bodies in which they rule. Similarly, Christianity leads to a more just society when Christians start practicing it. If we don't practice the religion we say we affiliate with, others will not look at Christianity as a legitimate means to structure society. This is especially important in the contemporary culture. A postmodern culture forces us to look at something when we are accustomed to looking through something. Christians look at reality through their faith. However, we need to take a step back and evaluate what it really means to subscribe to the Christian faith. Let's use C.S. Lewis's experience of a beam of light in a tool shed. Instead of looking at the beam of light and marveling at it, we need to look around the tool shed. Non-believers understand what it means to subscribe to the Christian faith because of their knowledge of its rules and teachings, but they do not understand how to experience reality through that faith. In other words, Christians understand the walk, the experience, but not the talk, aka the concept. Non-believers understand the talk, which is the concept, but not the walk, the experience. Christians garner more of a responsibility to demonstrate a Christian's identity, values, and philosophy of life. Though admittedly this sermon sounds critical of Christians today, I believe it is important to lay this groundwork in order to better understand how we can attack the issue at hand. To open this final segment, I will allow Mr. Scott to elaborate. Quote, we are going to need to know how to relate to non-material forms of intelligence most specifically to AI programs and intelligent robots. Though AI has humanistic characteristics, spiritual categories such as power and principalities remind us that resemblance does not equal sameness. So as much as an AI bot resembles a human, it is not human. Thus, we should not be intimidated by AI. 
like Scott said before, AI is a wonderful tool that we can use to further strengthen our faith. But if we are too scared of it, it can only hurt us.